Okay, okay. <laughs> Enough of intro, being that my internet is terrible. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, good evening, guys. Hello, the Shepherd of Sons. He's there. Yeah, so it's been a while, more than a month, I think, since uh, we hosted the last episode. Um, just give me a second, please. Yeah, the <laughs> my internet is so terrible I couldn't even uh, play play the intro. But anyways, yeah, there are some changes that corruption in boxing and myself are going to do when it comes to to this podcast, to this show, to this YouTube channel. And so I decided to spoke uh, to speak about them. Um, as you may know, the next week is going to be a, a big week, being that we are going to do <laughs> a lengthy breakdown video on uh, both fighters on Estrada and Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez, who are going to fight in two weeks on uh, March the 13th in Texas, I think. So, yeah, get ready for that. I don't know if corruption will be there and uh, for how long he he would be able to stay. But I'm sure I'm <laughs> I'm gonna be doing about three or more <laughs> three plus hours long video. Yo, that guy, big up now. This one, uh, I don't know if uh, if corruption will jump in later or not, but uh, I think I'm gonna keep this stream short, pretty short. But yeah, there are three topics, as you could see: uh, fights between uh, Rakimov and Diaz and uh, Burchelt and Valdez that happened a week or two ago. Since then, we haven't done any shows, so I decided to speak about them, but it's it's not going to be a lengthy show this time tonight. And uh, an interesting topic. Okay, so let's jump straight into it, into that topic, the coup d'etat of Divas. <laughs> yes, so some of you may be curious why just a day after Canelo having his fight. Oh, fuck, I mentioned his name. <laughs> you see where I'm going. But but no, 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 this is not about one single fighter. It's just that we got fed up with all the divas in boxing, all the BS fights that are not catching our, uh, our attention, that we are not interested into at all so we decided that and besides being busy both myself and corruption and boxing and yeah i think that we are going to talk just about the fighters and the fights that are really interesting to us no need to force ourselves to to host a show every week every week every single week if there is not too much to speak about, you know. 
So it's that simple, but I mean, boxing's been shit for a, for a long time, but this time here we really got fed up. Um, I mean, for, for, for different reasons, fighters, ducking fighters, uh, they all like to talk on Instagram, on Twitter, but uh, not many of them are going to, to walk the walk. And so, yeah, no need, there is simple no need to pay attention to them. Maybe sometime, one day, if they decide to have a real good fight, etc., we are going to talk about them. But the media creations, such as some of big names, current big names in boxing, doesn't really doesn't really interest us. So that's it. And I mean, an, a, another thing, you have a division like, let's take 135, for example. Media, the boxing, the American boxing establishment, being that there are four new guys, English speaking guys fighting in, in, uh, in the US, living in US speaking speaking English unlike me <laughs> so now they decide to to call them a new fabulous four or whatever the name was for uh, for the 80s group uh, with Duran uh, Hearn uh, Leonard and uh, Hegler yeah but this time here this your new fab four they they are ducking each other. They haven't fought between each other. They haven't fought a single fight. And uh, I mean, they're straight up fags. And I don't care about YouTube. You can kick us. You can ban us. I don't give a fuck. You can fuck off too. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm really fed up. I'm not. <laughs> even tonight, even this particular episode, I don't. I don't really want. To talk too much, but yeah, that there are things that had that had to be addressed. So you have this division you're calling a new Fab Four, but they're ducking each other. And by the way, by the way, shout out to to Naota, who, despite being a huge and I mean a huge Lomachenko hater, and <laughs> yeah. I, I hope, <laughs> I hope he doesn't believe anymore that uh, Loma is ducking Burchelt. Uh, but... However, still shout out to him because uh, he said it very well on Twitter. Uh, I, I, I was able to read this on Twitter right uh, before uh, closing my account, right before getting fed up with Twitter. He said the, the real current Fab Four is the 115 division Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez, Juan Francisco Estrada, Carlos El Principe Cuadres, and Sorungwisai. Evening alone, Robin Hood. I think this is the first time uh, I'm seeing you here. I cannot remember. Um, anyways, yeah, who's there? Triple JJJ, big up. 
Max Kackerman, it's been a long time. <laughs> Man, your name uh, is giving me PTSD uh, since the last time on my on my own channel, someone <laughs> someone pretended to be you, <laughs> and uh, well, you know the. The, the rest is history. <laughs> Hello, Max. <laughs> but yeah, let me get uh, let let me get back to it. Yeah, so you want me to to call these these bitches facts, these uh, these divas, straight out divas. The new Fab Four, the new Fab Four. You're insane. It, it, it's just it just tells you. These are the media creations that are being overrated. And uh, the moment they had four, four guys that are getting some attention on the social media, that are being hyped up on the social media, they all speak English. So they're young. So clearly the media the machine behind them sees the potential to to make some money off of them and of course they're going going to call them uh, the new fab four it is it is disgusting i mean teofimo partially proved himself i mean he gave loma a great fight uh you know what uh, what i think about uh, that fight but still teofimo credit to him for um for uh, getting in the ring with Loma at the end and giving him a great fight, despite uh, you already know what uh, how. But even him, he's refusing to. I mean, I I didn't even want to mention all 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 these names, uh, but yeah. We are seeing that he's very hesitant to rematch Loma, and uh, basically his promoter, who, who, as we were all able to see on the scorecards of his last fight, he really wanted him to win over Loma, and uh, so his promoter may be. Maybe realizing by now that <laughs> he fucked over Loma over over no one for for nothing <laughs> that he made a mistake uh, unless um, Teofimo gets uh, you know gets wiser and uh, gets smarter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Triple JJJ, the Fab Four, exactly, exactly. Thank you. That guy saying the current Fab Four, one thirty, one thirty-five, is Valdez, Tio, Shakur, and your four to be honest. Hmm. See, I mean, yeah, Valdez and uh, Shakur. I mean, yeah, but still. They haven't fought in between each other, and at least uh, Valdez is willing to get into fights. But I don't know. Hey, Raider D, good evening. Big up to you. Nice to see you. Yeah, so this episode 
is probably not going to be uh, very long. At least it will give me some more time to, to chat with you. But yeah, Vader D, as I was saying, no need. Corruption and myself, we spoke about uh, this recently. We are so fed up with boxing. First of all, in the past month, there was no really huge big fights. I mean, not big fights money-wise, uh, but fights that really interest us, you know, make us interested in following boxing. So that's also partially why we we were not on the air this past month, as well as we were extremely busy. I've been busier than ever, um, spending a lot of my free time on, on some other private, private shit, you know. But yeah, thank you. But uh, the next episode, the next weekend, is going to be huge. Because it's going to be a lengthy breakdown for the Estrada Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez uh, rematch. And plus, on top of that, we'll sprinkle some uh, Hiroto Kyoguchi breakdown. Um, yeah, but um, Estrada Gonzalez rematch is gonna be our focal point of the next stream. But this time, I mean, yeah, there is. A, we we found out that there is no real need for us to to force ourselves to host the uh, host show every single week when nothing much is happening. I mean. Uh, when nothing much is happening in the future, I could do some breakdowns, you know, uh, start doing breakdowns of some fighters, of some fights. I'll do it with pleasure when I have enough of time. But other than that, we also decided to to ignore, to, to let's say, boycott all these divas in boxing, giving us shitty fights, doing much more talking, and uh, overhyping, even even overhyping their their own opponents, so they can feel good, but in reality, fighting nobody's their fanboys, defending them for fighting complete bums. So there there is no even need to to mention them at all. We're gonna we're gonna be following only the real fighters and the real fights. Fuck all this other shit. Um, hold on. Yeah, Vader D, Vader D, him saying the fight I was most interested in was Melikuziev versus Kavalev. It was great. It was a great shame that it fell through. Yeah, definitely me too. I was looking forward to it. <laughs> so, so disappointed with it. Alone saying when a boxer talks up his opponent, you know his opponent is trash. He's trash. Yeah. Vader <laughs> uh, asking, did you see that Malakuzia was willing to take only 40k for that while Kovalev was due 2.5 mil? Yeah, exactly. I, I saw it from uh, big. Uh, by the way, big up to Duck. Uh, Doc, I saw him sharing that info on, uh, on Discord. I 
Kuziev was only getting 40k, man. So yeah, it, it, it just tells you how how hungry these uh, Uzbek fighters are. And uh, uh, Melikuziev is a beast. Although I do think he's still uh, he's still very rough, and uh, he has some things that he he really has to work on. But otherwise, amazing talent. Uh, very powerful, explosive. Yeah, they're really about it, Vader D. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, it's such, such a shame that that fight fell through. And uh, another thing, um, again, shout out to Duck, because uh, I always forgot to bring this up. But since Corruption and myself, we did uh, that episode after the Franco Maloney rematch, uh, where uh, we both guessed that it was uh, Maloney's punch that caused the swelling on Franco's eye. But in fact, later after that, I saw Duck back in the day on Twitter uh finding out a moment where the actual clash of heads happened i think and i saw that clip only once i think that duck um, recorded it on his own phone and i only saw that that clip that he shared on twitter once it was uh, a few days after after the fight happened you know and uh, a couple of episodes in a row, I, I wanted to, to bring it up to corruption on uh, live on the show, but I always forgot to do it. But yes, yeah, so maybe after all, uh, that that swelling was caused really caused by by a headbutt, accidental headbutt. Uh, the thing is, I was very lazy to even try to find out what really happened. Yeah, so, yeah, let's get into Joseph jo Jojo Diaz and uh, Rakimov fight. <clears throat> By the way, um, guys in the chat room, how have you scored that fight? Me personally, I think I scored it 8-4 to four for Jojo Diaz. to Jojo. Um, in the early rounds, the, the first six rounds, I scored at three apiece, I think, from from what I remember, or or maybe, or maybe, fuck, I cannot remember. Yeah, 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 that's it. First, first six rounds. Uh, in the beginning, Jojo had problem with uh, Rakimov's output, and uh, I think some of some of people. I mean, first of all, there there is not a lot of people I saw scoring it for Rakimov. There is a one single person that is participating on the. On the various streams that scored it for a Rakimov, but I never, <laughs> I never, I was never, how to say it. 
I was never taking this person's opinions on boxing seriously because he doesn't know shit about boxing. But uh, yeah, in the beginning it was very tough for Jojo, and I I think uh, yeah people were disappointed with Jojo and myself, despite me. I do think he's he's a very talented fighter and uh, he has a very good inside game. Mm, but yeah, missing the weight, man, it really sucked. And uh, plus, on top of that, his answer: uh, What do you ex expect from me to to kill myself, kill myself making weight? Well, yeah, if you're fighting at that weight, if you were contracted to to fight at that weight. You have to do what you have to do to, to make the weight, uh, even if you have to kill yourself doing it. <laughs> yeah, but on the other hand, uh, yeah, let's not pretend like uh, Rakimov is an angel, neither. I mean, all these fighters, not only him, all of them are using the, the illegal substances, uh, doing everything they can do, even the fighters that we love. Anything to, to get an edge over their opponents. And uh, we saw in his uh, previous fight in Africa against, uh, what was his name, Fuzile, that he was uh, smelling some salts or, or whatever it was. Eight or eight and nine round, something like that. And <laughs> it oh, when when uh, his energy levels were starting to 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 deplete, and uh, since he sniffed the, those salts or whatever it was, it gave him uh, another burst of energy, and uh, he looked strong straight from the bat after that, uh, from the beginning of the new round. And uh, in this fight, being unable to do the same, you really saw that by the sixth round, his uh, energy started depleting, his stamina. I mean, he was still moving around around a lot, but already he, he first thing first, he started losing the sting on his punches, uh, losing his explosiveness. Although for, for a while, he was kind of keeping kind of keeping the same work rate although it also started uh, diminishing later uh, since the seventh eighth round i think and uh, visible to me i have have no doubt that his stamina was diminishing since uh, since the middle rounds, it was very visible to me. And so, yeah, but uh, by the way, with Jojo, there are two things that I did always disliked about him. Uh, him throwing the, the unnecessary rabbit punches and uh, also something that showed up in this fight, uh, being lazy in the ring sometimes, tending to be lazy in the ring. Uh, I was very happy to see him in his previous fight against uh, Tevin Farmer, 
that uh, his work rate was insanely good and it was a huge surprise to me he was working all the time and but this time he he wasn't really working all the time he was picking his spots because it, it was to his detriment because he's uh, more talented than than Rakimov who's very ta- talented in in his own right definitely one of the top fighters uh, but um, in the exchanges, whenever Jojo would uh, let his hands go, he was looking very good. And in my opinion, he was winning the exchanges. Uh, so I was so frustrated with him. And this was already happening in some of his previous fights where he would not work a lot, probably not f- seriously physically prepared. Um, and uh, I was surprised that he wouldn't be very well prepared for this fight because uh, Rakimov is a serious opponent. And uh, yeah, add to it him missing weight by three and, a half po- three and a half pounds. Yeah, it really does look like he wasn't really training seriously or taking this fight seriously. Plus, uh, Standing there, being lazy, not not working a lot, uh, not a big work rate, but every time he was letting his hands go, he was making the difference, landing the better punches, way better punches. And um, I think that there was like a couple of times, two, three or even four, three or four times where he just quickly stunned Rakimov. I mean, nothing really seriously, but... I could see by uh, Rakimov's reaction that he felt some of Jojo's punches real, really good, despite Jojo not being extremely heavy-handed fighter. Which and um, his his uh, knockout ratio is is a testament to it that Jojo is not an extremely powerful puncher, but man. Whenever he was letting his his hands go, he would uh, he would win. Working against him in this fight uh, was Rakimov's own work rate, which was very high. And uh, yeah, Rakimov is a kind is a kind of guy who feel throw one twos, one twos, one twos, straight punches, combos with straight punches, one ones and twos, uh, moving a lot, pivoting, using the lateral movement, and all of that was giving Jojo trouble. Uh, but even many of those punches uh, of his combos, Rakimov's combos, uh, despite looking flashy and fast and uh, fairly explosive, uh, he was not landing them really on Jojo. Yeah, I mean, of course, he was landing some punches, but uh, Jojo, when uh, he would uh, tuck his chin and uh, put up a high guard, he was definitely blocking a lot of his punches. And uh, despite there were some run- rounds where Rakimov would uh, throw many more punches than Jojo would, but I still scored them for Jojo because I thought uh, Jojo actually outlanded him because I was not scoring on work rate. If if you throw 100 punches and you land 10 while your opponent uh, throws 40 punches and, and uh, lands uh, 
20 punches and out of those 20 punches uh, he landed five of the biggest punches in the round so that to me that was kind of this the story of the fight uh, certainly i don't know and yeah Rakimo was was giving him trouble to uh giving trouble to, to Jojo not only with his combos uh his output but also moving because Jojo also having a nice I wouldn't say a bad foot for had the quicker fit so he was using it and um throwing right check hooks, uh, finding, you know, finding beside a lot of his punches being blocked. He was able to to land some of them when throwing his combos because he was moving while Jojo would block his knees and uh, try to, to block punches with a high guard. So definitely some of the punches were landing on him and uh, going through the guard etc but a lot of them were being blocked blocked like i said mm. hold on vader this saying i can't remember exactly but i remember not having rakimo winning by the end was either a draw or close to ds yeah you know what vader did that's what mo most of the people have been saying most of the people were scoring it seven to five to Diaz or a throw. Um, I would not be too mad uh, at a throw, which was which ended which ended up being the official result of this fight, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a draw officially. So yeah, I'm not really mad at it, but yeah, I think uh, <laughs> in fact. Me personally, I gave uh, Jojo eight rounds. So yeah, I, I would be more, more than okay with seven to five. The row is not too bad, but I do think uh, Diaz definitely, definitely won a close, a close fight, competitive fight. Um, yeah, by, by the eighth, ninth, tenth round, those were probably Diaz's rounds in a row. He won three really, really good convincing rounds where he would start to, to come forward. He was even urged by his own corner. I do not remember if, uh, is it his father in his corner, right? Should be. Even his father, his own father was urging him in between the round to let his hands go and... Uh, be more active and he had to, to repeat it all over and over to Diaz who who like I said by the seventh round really started throwing more finally started uh, listening to to his coach uh, and his dad I think if I'm not wrong but yeah and uh, it was paying the dividend the dividends because He's more skilled at throwing combos. Uh, I mean, setting up, setting Rakimov up for uh, for punches. Jojo is really skilled. That's why it's such a shame whenever he doesn't let his hands go. 
while in the meantime, like I said, Rocky Moves punches were losing the steam and uh, his, uh, his work rate drastically dropped down. Uh, let me take a sip of coffee. Yeah, so yeah, in the second second half of the fight, I only gave uh, Rakimov uh, only one round. But yeah, that's it when it comes to this fight. I really do hope. Um, I really do hope that. Diaz is going to get his shit together and uh, stay disciplined because uh, that's the way it was looking to me the last time after the last fight with uh, what's his name? Tevin Farmer. Um, Farmer. But yeah. Jojo, please keep yourself in check because you're very talented and I want to, to see more from you. Now, Burchelt and uh, Valdez, very nice white man. Yeah, the, the story of the fight was, I mean, even the fight started. Most of the people were picking Burchelt. And uh, me, myself, I, you know me very well. I hate to predict any fight without uh, doing my film study on it first. And so I didn't have much time to, to do any film study, so... I didn't know if if anyone would ask me before the fight, I would say, I don't know who I'm picking because I was very aware of Valdez looking, looking bad in his past couple of fights. So yeah, I was, I wouldn't be very confident in him neither. Like uh, 90% of the boxing fans were unconfident in uh, Valdez neither, but I knew that technically he's much better than Burchelt and that Burchelt is giving too much openings and that he's not very, very sharp, very quick, very fast. So that's why, you know, sometimes, of course, even without doing your film study, you can pretty much know in advance who's going to win, but it seemed to me listening to to people giving their breakdowns before the fight i mean it seemed to me like man i was telling myself man you don't really know what what, what you're talking about because valdez he can he can be sharp when he wants etc and uh, it tells you that you should never never I mean, it, 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 it can go both ways, uh, but generally you should never write off any fighter who had a couple of bad performances if uh, before those couple of terrible bad 
performances and the way he looked in his couple of previous fights, if he ever showed you that he can do something good, that yeah, you you should never write them off. You they can always find uh, that another. How do I say it? I mean, if they're not completely shut, there there is always a chance to to show to show their best. That's all I'm saying. So that's why I I didn't want to to really talk about that fight to any of you guys on on YouTube, on the streams, on on Discord because. I knew that a lot of people could be surprised and uh, corruptions uh, in corruptions name, but he he told me himself he was extremely glad and that, yeah, he told me himself that, uh, yeah, people were crazy for, uh, for, for writing Valdez off. And I know, I know. And, um, on pound for pound boxing report a long time ago, years ago, about Valdez, and I know very well that he always liked uh, Valdez a lot. Alone saying Bertrand is terrible. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. By the way, I have to 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 get into just just mention quickly. Uh, <laughs> because man, that guy is is a huge Lomachenko hater. I mean. Uh, here we are not <laughs> here we are not really about talking about the channels we prefer talking about boxers but see he 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 was one of the people saying that Lomachenko was ducking Burchelt while in reality Loma never ducked anyone and it was Burchelt Burchelt himself admitting that <laughs> that he doesn't want any unification content with uh, filling up filling crowds uh, while defending his uh, his own belt so he said himself he he wasn't interested into in any unification and he was saying that for a long time and a lot of us boxing fans were frustrated with him refusing to to unify with anyone else so and by the way yeah but valdez look this was a great performance for him uh, a great performance uh, for a fight against Burchelt. Some things, some limitations, or however you want to say it. I don't want, I mean, to to big him up too much. Although I do like Valdez a lot myself. I do think he's a very good fighter, and at at, at his best, well, he just show you what he can do. And uh, I do think that uh, he can give help to to some other top level fighters, even better than uh, Burchelt. But I, I was still seeing some things that I've always seen in him, and that I didn't really like. I mean, 
I like Valdez, but I do think that there are some things that he should do better. But yeah, speaking of this fight, uh, he was doing a great, uh, great job of jabbing Burchelt and uh, countering him with with a jab, sometimes quick jab, but a lot of times a stiff jab in his nose, in his face, really busting him up. And uh, I do think that was that was the first punch that started <laughs> started bashing Burchell's brain against his his own school. I mean, imagine constantly getting countered by a stiff jab. Uh, in your nose, in your face, after a some after feel the consequences of it, and not to mention the the power punches, a lot of power punches that Valdez landed. On. Jab. <laughs> yeah, he was doing well. I mean, like I said, Burchelt, someone. This is a type of guy who, like I would say, you can sneak, uh, run a truck in between his punches, a Mack truck in between his punches. Uh, yeah, dangerous, but dangerous to a stationary and uh, not very well schooled fighters. But when, uh, when he finds himself against a top-level operator, well, He, he was using his size, his dimensions, his work rate against the smaller fighters. And uh, at the same time for this fight, uh, that weight training looks like it finally caught up with him. <laughs> yeah, Max likes to block punches with his face. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he did that a lot in his last fight. But no, um, I'm not trying to bash Burchelt. Yeah, he was definitely a problem for for all the fighters in his division. But it was thanks to, to his size and his uh, output. Anyways, uh, at the same time, I do think that since the first round he was looking slower even i mean not slower maybe maybe it was valdez valdez's quickness that was just magnifying the problems that burchild already had all the time and uh, <laughs> yeah even even corruption calls him a bomb and uh, Yeah, the way he was, he wasn't able to cut, cut off the ring. He was slowly, really slowly plodding. I don't know. And it, it was very easy for Valdez to, to hit him with his. Valdez, on the other hand, kind of telegraphs his punches a lot all the time. It was especially visible in his previous fights. Here he did less of it. And uh, but but still even even his jab uh, I saw that he 
someone with a great timing could see it coming and uh, defend from it. So yeah, imagine um, Shakur. He may may do. I, I mean, I'm still not giving a prediction for that fight or anything. But just keep in mind that uh, he could possibly take that job better by, by not taking it at all, but because he has a better timing than Burchelt, definitely. Yeah, and another thing that I didn't like about Valdez is that he doesn't really faint. And man, he could... Him learning to faint since his beginnings, because, for example, unlike myself, corruption was following Valdez uh, since the amateur setting. I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely since the amateurs. Uh, while I haven't been following uh, Valdez that long, like corruption in boxing. So he may have seen some things that... more of his talents than, than I even in the amateurs uh, it's it's a fight those are fa fa fast paced fights so you really does, uh, don't have any time to not a lot of time to set up your punches to to faint uh, it's rather about your quickness and so Let me let me read the chat. Uh, alone saying there was something wrong with Burchelt against Valdez, definitely, most likely trained. Uh, he's also saying, yeah, Valdez telegraphed his punches when he had Burchelt hurt. He could have finished the fight a lot sooner. Well, uh, to, to address both of your points, yeah, definitely looked like drained, but maybe he was he was probably trained even for his previous fights but just uh, didn't have the opponent who who would be able to to take advantage of it uh, and yeah I, I mean definitely he was um, that's another thing that 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 I'm going to jump into about him telegraphing his punches when uh, he heard Burchelt but even before that since the very first round I mean the first jabs that he was throwing it was easy to see that uh, he was about to throw a jab and even some hooks he was telegraphing them although generally in this fight he he kept uh, he kept uh, his left hook nice and sharp uh, throughout the fight for the most part but i was still seeing the moments when he was loading too much on it um, telegraphing it and yeah and but one thing that would definitely help him get Burchelt out much sooner would be the feints and he he only threw one or two feints very very late in the fight and I, I just don't understand why why he isn't doing it at all it would it would stay like 30 percent in my opinion uh, it, it would make him much more deadlier. His offense would be definitely much, much deadlier than this. And yeah, I mean, he was he was sticking for this fight. Valdez was sticking to basics and uh, not doing uh, 
he he hasn't showed us a huge repertoire repertoire of moves, but you 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 don't uh, you don't have to do it. You just have to do enough, and Valdez did more than enough. He was being disciplined, keeping it simple, uh, keeping Burchelt of balance, controlling the distance. I mean, I don't want uh, this man as while he had a, a very, very good performance against Burchelt. But I'm like, I, I agree with it, with all the good things that he he did in this fight. It's only that I don't feel the need to, to, to mention them. I want to address some other points because the things that he did, that, that he was doing well in uh, this fight were... Those were a couple of basic things that he was doing extremely well, trapping, keeping him off balance. Uh, yeah, I didn't like the clinching because I, I'm someone who who hate trapping uh, and clinching. But yeah, he was doing what he had to do. By the way, fantastic timing, fantastic timing. Uh, I mean. I can see he 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 was uh, yeah very good timing mate. I don't know. I don't. Maybe it sounds like I'm over praising him. <laughs> his timing was so good uh, on uh, especially on his left hook. He was able to sneak it behind the Burchell's glove in front of it. Yeah, he was catching him very well, very well with that punch. Um, what else? Yeah, I think that he was he was fairly accurate uh, with his punches. I liked his uh, his precision in this fight. <clears throat> By the way, um, happened. In, in the 10th round, I think. Is it right? Yeah, I think so. The 10th round. I only gave uh, two rounds to Burchelt, the 6th and the 7th round. So it tells you that Valdez had, uh, had a great night. But yeah, I was kind of worried for Valdez in, uh, in the 6th and the 7th round. I wasn't really paying attention watching it live. But it seemed to me as if he he started guessing, and uh, or if he was hurt because after dropping Burchelt in the fourth round and uh, keeping him really hurt throughout that whole fourth round and even the following fifth round, I saw some things that that really worried me when it comes to Valdez, uh, his expressions when uh, Burchelt was pressuring him and uh, whenever Burchelt would get him on the ropes were kind of worrying to me. I saw, I was seeing, I mean, I saw a couple of times a worrying look in, in his own eyes, but he was getting out of it. He, he did a smart thing. He started uh, clinching before pivoting out behind felt but yeah for my taste he started doing it a bit too much but yeah it was definitely a smart tactic 
and even even catching Burchelt with some punches on the pivots from the angles. So yeah, though that's another thing that he was doing very well. But one of the reasons for me that he he either get, started guessing or got hurt in that sixth round and the seventh was because in those two rounds he he so it was much easier for Burchelt to to close the distance and uh, trap him on the ropes. Sorry, give me a second. Have to take a sip of water. <clears throat> yeah, so that was definitely, definitely my something that I, I felt like that he he stopped throwing his jab. I haven't rewatched the fight. By that time, he stopped throwing his jab that was making a huge difference in the fight. And it sudden, I mean, it just instantly became more much easier for Burchelt to close the distance and throw his combos. But again, um, Valdez was also confusing him going southpaw when, uh, when Burchelt got him trapped on the ropes when Burchelt was pressuring him. Good evening, Timmy Nealon. Salute to you as well. Thank you for being here. Other than that, what what else can I say? Yeah, when it comes to to Valdez, just like Alon said, I mean, he was winding up on his punches, telegraphing them. And I mean, it's okay when you, you when you have your opponent hurt. To some extent, it's okay, but not smart. I mean, it's good that you want to finish that you're willing to finish him. But those punches, when you're winding on them, that so easy to see. I mean, it depends. Sometimes the opponent is so hurt that he cannot see, he's not paying attention, he's out of it. So you may catch him, but when every single of your punches is like that, it's much easier to block and survive them. So it's it's counter counterproductive to you. So that's why I'm seeing little feints, etc. Going to the body, yeah, for example, Valdez was not going to his body almost at all, certainly not in the first four or five rounds. And uh, Burchell, to his credit, even while being hurt, uh, hurt throughout uh, the whole rounds, he was able to survive and uh, take uh, take some of Valdez's bombs. And Valdez also moving up from uh, 126 and not being big, he's he's very explosive and has has the real sting on his punches, especially his left hook. But yeah, he was throwing them upstairs and he was doing nice. I mean, catching the punches that really hurt Burchelt were the ones he he was um, landing on top of Burchelt's head on the side, you know, above Burchelt's ears to the temple, to the side of his head. Uh, 
because those those punches really makes you lose uh, lose your balance. But yeah, Valdez should be able to follow it up uh, with with much more which much smarter setup punches, which he was not doing. So you can definitely see at the same time that despite having a great night, a great performance, uh, being very smart in the ring, that he could be in trouble against uh, some other guys like Shakur that I mentioned earlier. But still, however, he would <laughs> he would be giving Shakur his own problems. So, but anyways, yeah, it would be a great fight. I mean, yeah, by the way, knockout of the year, fantastic knockout. Uh, Burchelt, being a warrior that he is, and being a sloppy fighter that he is, jumping in uh, on Valdez at the end of the round trying to catch him and shoot him, uh, catch him and uh, and punch him. Fuck, <laughs> I forgot what I was about to say. But yeah, he, he became over aggressive at the end of the round. Um, Valdez was, was moving and getting out of pocket and uh, he was very, he was not cautious at all, just jumping on him. Uh, getting of balance and uh, Valdez again showing a fantastic timing that night caught him with with an incredible check hook left hook uh, all I can say I can hope that Burchelt is gonna be well I mean for the rest of his life and his career and uh, he really does need to to take some time off you know but yeah, again, salute to to Valdez. Extremely good performance. Very well tech, uh, tactically prepared. Now, I don't know if it's because of him or maybe because of his coach, Reynoso, or both of them. But it was a good job, a very good job, and uh, I was happy to see it. Uh, now... Let me go to to the schedule. Oh yeah, on the on the same day that Estrada and Gonzalez are fighting, Srisa Ketsur Rungvisa is also fighting Seymour uh, Seng. I think he's fighting somewhere in Thailand, maybe not. No, oh, oh yeah, yeah, in Thailand. A metro fight in Thailand. Yeah, so Srisaketsur Rungvisai versus Kwantai Sitmorsing. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be on the zone as well. <laughs> hey, son, Brit, what up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, same Brit and me, uh, we got. <laughs>
beef recently. I'm just joking, but yeah, shout out to you, Sint. <laughs> no, there was just one thing that a comment that like kind of annoyed me and I asked for to it, but other than that, we are cool. <laughs> yeah, big up to you, Saint. <laughs> I mean, we, we would usually uh, talk shit for fun. But but anyways, let me go back to boxing again. Again, big up to Saint. Um, yeah, so we have one card. So the, the next week there is nothing special happening. There there's a female boxing card that this channel doesn't care about. Quantai uh, Sitmor saying, I hope I'm not butchering his name like uh, like. Sean Newton is butchering all the fighters' names. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the card that we are really waiting for is uh, on the same day, March the 13th, Juan Francisco Estrada versus Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez, the rematch for WBA and WBC Super Flyweight titles. So the next week, at least myself, I don't know if corruption in boxing will be here or not, but I'm preparing you a huge breakdown video. I mean, uh, I'm gonna doing, I'm gonna be doing it live with you here, uh, studying the films live of uh, Juan Francisco Estrada and Roman Gonzalez. I really prepared a lot, a lot of material, a lot of video clips. So in my, in my own guess, it's going to be three, three plus hour long. I'm going to do, I just really took Yoguchi and why it's because he's fighting on the same card. Hiroto Kiguchi versus Axel Aragon Vega. Now, I'm not really, I don't know. Uh, I haven't been following Vega, so. But anyways, it's a showcase fight for Kiguchi since signing with uh, Metrum, with Eddie Hearns Metrum. So it's a good thing. It's a huge thing that uh, he got signed to Metrum because they they've been slowly gathering the light flyweight fighters on uh, on the zone and it's really nice that now a lot of fighters are fighting all on the zone we were already able to to see them on some of the previous cards and it means that a possible tournament which was already in talks, I think, or there were some rumors of it at least. So it would be huge if, if it happens and the zone gets to gets the rights to to that to the tournament because I mean 
corruption in boxing been following that weight division much longer than I have, and he can tell you all about about how deep the division is, how how exciting the, the division is. And uh, yeah, Hiroto Kiguchi definitely a great talent. And uh, yeah, while we've been mentioning corruption and myself, that since these uh, US promotional companies and TV networks got into the lower weight divisions, lower weight classes, uh, we started to worry a bit because they're already separating the fighters like it was the case in between uh, Inoue's top rank and uh, John Riel Casimero's uh, Showtime, you know, PBC and top rank, ESPN and Showtime. But on the other hand, all of the fighters on their own network. I mean, yeah, there is Ken Shiro that that is not under, that is not with the zone, and uh, the biggest possible fight in that weight class would probably probably be Ken Shiro versus uh, Hiroto Kyokuchi. But maybe with Kyokuchi signing to the zone, maybe maybe there is in fact a chance, a good chance of that fight finally happening because uh, we've, we've been waiting on that fight in between Kenshiro and Hiroto Kyokuchi for a while. Uh, while zone and he recently signed to the zone. And another thing that I was completely aware of it's Eddie Reynoso that that is Hiroto Kyoguchi's manager. So I was kind of surprised when I saw that because uh, I'm completely unaware of that connection and where it comes from. Uh, now again, maybe just like Eddie Hearn, Metro is Oh, I got so lost. I got lost. Manager, manager. The manager is the right word. Yeah, maybe the zone maybe signed uh, Eddie Reynoso as his manager. Maybe it was Reynoso who, who brought him to the zone. I don't know. But yeah, in fact, contrary to to ESPN versus Showtime, Inoue versus Casimero uh, thing. Kyoguchi being signed by the zone, on the contrary, gives gives me some hope. Give, give, gives me hope that we are closing to closer to making that fight between him and Kenshiro. Because, like I told you. While both of them were in Japan fighting for the Japanese promoters, Kyoguchi and Shiro, they were not fighting, uh, signing that fight because they were on the opposite networks. But being that, uh, sorry for the background noises, uh, being the, uh, it seems that the dynamics are kind of different here. 
because uh, they're not, uh, we don't have two rival Japanese networks here. And I mean, uh, corruption is not here because he, he knows he knows how is, how is, is it functioning in Japan much better than I do. But from what I got before is that they were on the opposite TV networks, Japanese TV networks, kind of like uh, Casimero and Inoue are in the US, uh, ESPN, Top Rank versus Showtime. But maybe this, this is something that ch is changing the dynamics. Maybe Show, sorry, not Showtime, maybe The Zone. He has more, uh, can bring in more money and uh, make that fight uh, more interesting for uh, even make it bigger in Japan. You you get what I'm saying. I'm kind of talking out of my ass, but at least that's what I'm hoping for. Maybe I'm wrong about it, but I hope it's the case. But anyways, yeah, for two years, we, we were not able to get that fight between Shiro and Kiguchi. So Nothing but uh, nothing but planning to to match him. Yeah, and big uh, up to Eddie Hearn for that. Uh, yeah. By the way, Wader D asking, did you catch Parker versus Fa? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. In fact, indeed, uh, Wader D. Well, Warrington Lara, <clears throat> just Warrington Lara. I'm not sure, I mean, possible. It's always possible that the dynamics are very different uh, now that the fighters are fighting in the bubbles, in bubbles, how, how do you say it, I don't know. There is no crowd and uh, Warrington definitely is someone known for it. From his uh, from his city, from uh, oh, is it? Sorry if I'm uh, if I'm making an error, if I'm making a mistake, but uh, is it about also the the Leeds fan? That's his football club, right? Leeds, you know, uh, Leeds. I'm not sure, I'm not sure about it, but anyways, the. So the the ultras, the, the supporters of of his uh, his local soccer football team are all supporting him. So yeah, maybe, but I'm still not sure. I'm I'm not I'm not hundred percent sold on it. I do think that he was someone that, and I mean, with the time, yeah, maybe he got told. Maybe he was not very well prepared for that fight. But I do think that uh, there was always there were signs that he could be beaten by this kind of fighter. 
Ah, uh, yeah. So whether this confirming it leads the land of web tools. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I'm that uh, I, don't, I don't understand. But yeah, so thank you for for confirming it. I mean, the, the Leeds Leeds United. Yeah. Shout out to Mark Viduka and uh, Harry QL. <clears throat> yeah, but I think that signing was already on the wall for, for a long time. Yeah, you have Warrington, uh, a high punch output fighter, very wild, very busy, fighting at short range, mid range, exchanges, short combos, very exciting fighter to see. But in some way, his offense was his defense. And uh, this time, yeah, he was one level, definitely not a world level fighter. Um, but but all he needed was to, to be placed in front of a fighter who's tough enough, sturdy enough, who can take his punches and uh, and a hard puncher, you know. So his opponent, the Mexican, was able to take his punches, take his work rate and punching between his punches. And uh, with the time he got better and better with his left hook. He started timing him very well with his left hook, just like uh, just like I was saying about Valdez versus uh, versus uh, Miguel Burchelt. Well, also, sorry, sorry for forget forgetting his name, but the Mexican. Yeah, I really started timing him very well, and <laughs> after a couple of rounds, it became very tough for him to miss with the left hook, punching in between Warrington's punches. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I do like Warrington, really, really enjoy his fights, but I was always fearing for him, you know, uh, going something like this, something like what just happened in his last fight. Someone who, who would be able to, to withstand. And I mean, it's it's about how, kind of how, yeah, it depends on styles, but it's also how you can prepare yourself if you're able to, to take his... Uh, his combos, which are not very powerful, but they are keeping you on throw your own punches. If you find a way, like his Mexican opponent did, to sneak his punches in between his punches, his fast, quick, explosive, but not very powerful combos, uh, while uh, Warrington is throwing punches and bunches. It kind of, I, I don't know, I'm not sure, and I haven't seen many of Warrington's fights. I'm not an expert on him, but it seems to me like maybe there's a difference. Maybe he was uh, looking much, much worse from the beginning than compared from his previous fights. But 
from what I've seen from him, it seems to me like, yeah, if, if you you find a guy who can stand there with him in front of him and throw with him, uh, who has a chin and uh, packs a good punch, maybe he he would be in trouble. And that's 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 just what the ha- what happened in that fight. And then, uh, Mark in the chat room. Yeah, I mentioned Mark Riduka and Harry QL because <laughs> that was the time I, around the time I, by that time I stopped following uh, following the real football. Yeah, the real football. I was a huge, uh, huge football fan. The real football fan as a kid, but afterwards I stopped really following it. But I remember how, remember how huge Leeds was. I mean, a very attractive team with QL and Viduka back in the day. But enough of it. Um, yeah, before talking about Parker and you know what, Wither D, I don't even fucking want to talk about that fight. It was a disappointment. I mean, yeah, I would not say that Parker, I would not say that Parker would uh, go into that category that I ex- talked about earlier, the category of divas and duckers. But it was not an exciting fight. Yeah, I think it was a close fight. He, I'm kind of uninspired to talk about that fight. I mean, I was watching watching it with the zone. I have my subscription, and at the same time, I was listening to Blue Color Sport TV, aka Dell. He was doing a live commentary for the fight, and uh, I have pretty much the same scorecard like him. I think I scored it. Either eight to four for well, yeah, like eight to four for Parker, but the rounds were close. And yeah, like I told you, to be honest, I'm not, I'm not very. I mean, I could say I'm not motivated to to go real deep into it. But I would say, however, yeah, even uh, even the last. On a Discord with uh, BDA and other guys. So Mr. BDA asked me. By the way, he, he himself he was disappointed with with the fight. <laughs> Everybody told him not, not to watch it, and uh, he went to 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 see it. <laughs> told us <laughs> he stopped watching from the fifth round on. That's how boring that fight was. Yeah, but Parker, it, it must be a mental thing with him because he's so lethargic and lazy in the ring, kind of like kind of like Jojo Diaz, but to to an even bigger extent. Uh, the only time I do remember him trying to to win an actual fight, looking like he wants to win an actual fight, and uh, giving all he has was in his fight against against uh, Dillian White when he got him when he and he even dropped him and he was looking great at that point 
but even back then it he started he started fighting too late because fighting and parker doesn't go together in the same sentence because he, he he's just really looking to to coast and kind of do enough i'm saying kind of because often very often he's not even doing enough and that's why that's how he's he's losing the rounds all the time by not doing enough and never mind expecting him to fight i mean okay his very last fight he was uh, he was fight, fighting some uh, low, lower level opponent i cannot remember who it was but the one that i think he stopped him right it was a card uh, where um, the 154 pounder from Uzbekistan was fighting also the other cards. Well, it was, I, I think it was Vargas. What was the card? Vargas versus uh, Mikey and uh, Chocolatito versus Yafai. I think it was the card. Yeah, it was that card. He looked aggressive there fighting in the pocket, uh, letting his hands go. Offensively looking really nice, but yeah, he was getting countered in the process. I don't know. Just, just Parker, he's, he has talent. He has a fantastic chin, granite chin. And he was rocked in this fight a couple of times, I thought. But he weathered the storm. But by now it may be too late, too late for him. Maybe not, maybe, but... But everything considered, for so long his, uh, his career has been... what he could have gave us. Uh, Wader D is saying, I didn't appreciate Lara much watching it live. So the Mexican guy was Lara, thank you. But after rewatching it, he sets up his punches very well, bringing the power from his feet through his shoulders. He was able to take three and land one, but still come out better. Yeah, well, you, you, descri you just described very well how I saw that. It, uh, take uh, take a combo of three quick punches to land one of your wounds, and yeah, Lara definitely looked, you know, like he was throwing with with all of his power, or at least that he's heavy-handed. Uh, he's saying, I think Warrington throws a lot of shoe shiner type flurries that look good to the judges, but in slow motion do not look good at all. Yeah, that's another thing. That's another thing. I mean, okay, at the same time, yeah, you working on the inside, sometimes you really have to to, to throw arm punches. In fact, uh, in fact, I, I do think that working on the inside, you it's smart not to to wind up to cut your punches to to use uh, 
rotate your hips, your uh, your feet. I think that on the inside, uh, fighters should uh, should fight, should throw punches differently. And I'm going to to address that point in some of the future shows because yeah, I have a couple of things, tactical things about boxing that I wanted to address, inspired by by the other by the other boxing channels as well. I mean, uh, the topics that they were bringing, like, um, I remember I wanted to, to address one thing that uh, Thunderdome said a uh, couple of weeks ago and uh, precise also that now when, uh, when doing his uh, study on uh, is, uh, what's his name, Derbyan Chamber. Uh, I have uh, this idea to start talking about the technical things and showing some technical things on the future streams. <clears throat> but yeah, you're totally right with the, uh, so like I'm saying, despite, you know, me understanding why some fighters would throw such punches it definitely is the case uh, for uh, for warrington his shoe shining exactly exactly I, I i completely agree with you on that i was just adding that uh, i understand why why the arm punches in fact should be used on the inside but not like warrington is doing him him throwing his punches on the his combos at mid-range it's really show shining just like you said uh, yeah I do. well that other fight of parker i do not remember it but anyways, yeah, the next week is going to be a really huge show. The preview of Juan Francisco El Gallo Estrada versus Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez. The rematch. Yeah, I have a lot of clips. I do. Trust me, I haven't even, I don't have my pick. Um, I mean, even if I had it, I would save save it for uh, for the show the next week. But I'm still undecided who I'm going to pick. But trust me, believe me, I have many surprising, interesting things about this fight. And uh, to show you the clips, I mean, there are some things. What I can tell you about it first. There is a chance, despite being the underdog in this fight, and it's not because, yeah, of course, I'm, I'm admitting I'm, I'm a huge Chocolatito fan and I'm definitely going to root for him. But at the same time, I'm definitely doing my best to, to stay, uh, stay objective because to me, when doing the predictions and the breakdowns, it's not about uh, fanboying. To me, uh, a good job will be done only if 
if I'm right, if I'm right with my predictions, meaning that I was right about how how a fighter would fight, how how certain situations would go. <laughs> Just like I was, I was. By the way, I was completely. Seneca. Uh, the things that the situations that I was bringing up in my breakdown I was so spot on with it <laughs> but yeah about this fight between uh, Chocolatito and Estrada I mean uh, yeah definitely Chocolatito is an underdog for, for the understandable reason but at the same time, I saw some things in their fights that, oh, which which are making me believe that Chocolatito, from if he does his film study with his team very well, he can even easily win his uh, this fight if he does a couple of very simple things, and if he's able to do them. He could definitely win the fight and uh, shock the world. And again, it's not because I, I'm saying it, rooting for him, but I do really think that very simple things where he could really, um, yeah, he's shop worn, so is Estrada. And uh, up, till, up till before their last fights, uh, up till uh, Chocolatito versus Israel Gonzalez and uh, Estrada versus Quadras too. Uh, Chocolatito was definitely the one. Uh, Estrada, and it's probably it, it probably is the case. He he probably still is more shot worn than Estrada is, but then. Uh, <laughs> as we were able to see in the rematch between Estrada and Quadras. It, it made us think that maybe Estrada's punch resistance is diminishing as well. But anyways, Chocolatito already had a, a longer, bigger career. So I would still say Estrada is fresher and it would be a huge benefit to him that he's facing a 33 years old uh, Chocolatito. But man, I'm telling you, I have a couple of really, really, I mean, many great points, but you guys are going to be. Look, I'm, I, I was always respecting Juan Francisco Estrada. I always thought that he was a great fighter. But this time I was doing, I was taking a deep look, a film study uh, of his fight. And this just made me realize how, <laughs> how good in fact he is. Uh, so this film study made me appreciate Juan Francisco Estrada even more. He's, he's such a beast. Such a beast, man! Such a beast, and that's why that's why this this fight is so huge. And by the way, nice nice uh, job of 
of placing Kyoguchi, Hiroto Kyoguchi on the same card. So yeah, don't forget it. Hiroto Kyoguchi versus a new signing to, to match. We're going to be seeing Kyoguchi more often on the cards in the West, in the US. That's a great thing because he's very talented and uh, anyone who doesn't know him, keep an eye on him. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I discovered him only not even two years ago, thanks to corruption. But man, so, such a nice fighter to watch. I mean, just like the whole <laughs> 108 division. But yeah, so for the next episode, like I told you, I'm going to be doing a short breakdown on Hiroto Kyoguchi as well. Nothing, nothing big, nothing huge. I'm even wondering if I would have enough of time to do it, but I'll try to to take 10-15 minutes to showcase some of Kyoguchi's techniques. Uh, in the chat room, Jedi's past... Uh, I'm not gonna read <laughs> this name. Hello, hello there. But unfortunately, while I already went uh, much longer than I was expecting for, I'm gonna end the stream. But yeah, the next week, huge breakdown video, huge breakdown session for Juan Francisco Estrada versus Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez. Also breakdown of Hiroto Kyoguchi's techniques. And uh, like corruption in boxing would say, sayonara. Oh, I haven't stopped the streaming <laughs> and broadcast.